You're listening to the County Life Podcast with Chris Ridgway and Martin Johnston. County Live podcast is brought to you in conjunction with HiViz.net. Specialists in printed and embroidered workwear, HiViz clothing and personal protection equipment. As ever on the County Live podcast, first up, Chris Ridgway talks to County Manager Jim Gannon about the Spennymore and Nash games and looks ahead to Harrogate. Well, it's a Thursday, Jim. Very good evening to you. Thanks for coming down. Training's, training's finished tonight. Tell us how the lads are looking after a, an interesting couple of games. Yeah, I think it was um, important we got the right... Um, Tempo to tonight's training because um, the concern with part-time players is um, is a Saturday, train Monday, play Tuesday, train Thursday, play the following Saturday is uh, quite demanding for some of the lads who, um, especially for those that work a, a typical forty-hour week. Let's look at those two games. Plenty to pick over. It was only a week ago we we're sitting here, and now we've got two games to go over because that's how that's how August tends to play out. Spennymore was a, a lot of fans maybe overlook Spennymore a little bit. I think they were the team who'd come up and we're the favourites to be up around the top end of the table come the end of the season, but that's not how football works and they put up a really good show for themselves and took the win. Just give us your thoughts on that. Well, I don't think anybody should respect anybody that comes out of the Everstick Prem. Um, you only have to look at Salford and Darlington from last year and um, both of them effectively were in the playoffs, uh, except for ground issues. Um, so... You know there is momentum for the teams that are coming up from the Eurostick Prem. Uh, I'm sure that Blythe Spartans and Spennymoor will be serious contenders this year, um, especially for the top ten. Uh, they're coming up with very successful sides, and they're adding. Um, so it was always going to be a very very tough test for us. Um, nobody should be surprised by the name. Uh, you know it's not a Darlington. Um, or, you know so but Spennymoor is still a very strong side from that area and um, a tough opener, and it proved to be on the day. Um, I felt in a little way that we'd um, not done ourselves any favours. Um, we didn't really match them. Um, lots of below-par performances, lots of mistakes, and we sort of de-energised ourselves. But even so, we, we still put ourselves in position to get a goal, um, but missed the penalty and, and conspired to get nothing out of the game. It's the kind of thing you can't dwell on, a penalty miss. You know, nobody plans for a penalty miss, and... Well, you know, whereas we may have seen better penalties in our time, it was on target, and it just the keeper just got to us. You can't really, if you're if you're talking to the player after that, after that, you can't really tempt to dwell on it. You just got to go and uh, and crack on, and and that's exactly what he did on Tuesday. Yeah, well, I was disappointed with the penalty because um, obviously the penalty against Macclesfield showed why he was chosen as penalty taker. You know, putting the top corner with a plum, um, and the you know the free kicks and corners and everything that we did in the pre-season and the crosses and the combination play was all so sharp that uh, we just didn't seem to um, provide any of that on the, the Saturday. Um, different story on Tuesday night, as you said. Um, we came out, uh, Monday's training was really important for us. Um, we galvanised the lads, took stock of what went right and what went wrong on, on Saturday. Um, talked about Curzon, talked about what we'd like to, how we'd like to play on Tuesday night and, um, and the type of performance we need and um, credit to the players because to a man who went out and performed on Tuesday night. That was some remedy, wasn't it? Because you can forgive the fans, I guess, to a, who have gone up and really got excited for the season and all the rest of it. And, you know, you get a, a defeat 1-0. So to then turn it round like they did at Edgeley Park, you've got 
a goal for your new number nine at home, a top corner, inch perfect free kick, and a performance that really encapsulated why you follow football. Everyone on the edge of the seats, especially when the end when it was obvious County were going for a fourth. They, they, it was exactly the remedy that was needed. Yeah, very much so. And um, like I said, uh, the, the biggest disappointment of the Saturday game was that we didn't do ourselves justice. Um, whether that be the game, um, we had a few issues with the the bus not turning up, um, you know, and not being able to provide hot food for the players. So there was lots of things went wrong on Saturday, and those thunderbolts may perhaps took more of an Im- impact on the players' um, thinking patterns for the game. Um, but a nice three thousand crowd on Tuesday night, a nice wet surface, uh, great surface, and for the lads to play on and. Um, but right from the very first minute, I mean, I mean, Matt Warburton's clean through, and Jason follows up, and we showed the intent, and um, you know, uh, Harry Winters showed his captain's qualities there by stepping up and, and getting us going, and um, followed up with two two equally impressive goals from the two players we expect to get us lots of goals this season. You mentioned Harry Winter there. I, I can't imagine there's going to be a lot of times this season we're talking about him getting himself on the score sheet, but he managed to get the ball down well and put it in the back of the net, and I think he's had a strong start to the season. Yeah, um, Harry initially we sort of tried to model him as the number four, the base midfielder, and um, you know after a conversation um with him and Sam and Jimmy, they, they decided that they would prefer. Harry decided he'd play. He'd like to play one line up um, and be able to support the attackers and get forward. You know, he scored. He only scored three goals for FC last year, but um, he, he broke very, very well in this game and um, created a few opportunities for himself and the team. And um, he's getting in and around the goal scoring area, which is going to be important. And um, you know, I've challenged Sam Walker to do more. That um, I mean, he's a good footballer, but at the moment in the final third. Or even the attacking half, he hasn't really got involved in in open play attacking. So that's something I've challenged him with because if we're going to employ the likes of him and Harry in front of Jimmy Ball, who's sort of adopted the four role, um, the Lewis Montrose role, the protector, the the, the shield, uh, then the other lads have to step up and provide the kind of support, the cutting edge that the attackers need, and the assists and the, the, the you know the goals that that we'd expect from that position. I do have to ask about Sam. Uh, Sam Walker obviously came on against Benny Moore and, and then was, was tactical, I assume, uh, was taken back off. Is, how's he taken that? Has he risen to the challenge now, now that you know that that's back on and he got back on the pitch uh, against Curzon? Yeah, well, me and the staff had a really heated debate about whether to, to take him back off and um, it was a difficult decision to leave him out. Um, but Scott Duxbury had done so well in the previous games. Um, and given the strength of their team, loaded to the right with um, Griffiths, who, who, who's, who's tremendous attacking forward from the right side, and with Halls, with pace on that side, and Taylor being used as an aerial outlet down that side, we always felt that we wanted to just uh, make that side a little bit stronger. And, and as it proved in the game, we didn't concede from that side uh, like we had most of pre-season. But uh, unfortunately, the goal came from the other side when um, Sam Minahan and Dan Cowan both go with a nine and leave Foley free. But... That's an issue that we needed to resolve with them in training on the Tuesday. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it was difficult for Sam because obviously with the disappointing performance of Scott um, never really contributed apart from one attempted cross. Um, his set plays were poor. So he introduced uh, Sam for the second half to energise us. Uh, I think the game was a little bit fast and furious for him initially. Um, and as the game wore on, I, I started asking Matty Warburton and Jimmy Ball to play more aggressive positions 
and I just didn't think Sam was going to assist or score. So um, we looked around the pitch and we thought we couldn't really sacrifice um, anybody else. Uh, it was going to put Ben on at right back, but but Sam was showing great energy up and down. So um, I just thought I'd take off the least effective midfielder in terms of getting us a goal and uh, put Ben on. So moving forward, obviously County looks really good form on Tuesday night. We've got a couple of tough fixtures to come now. So how do you how do you plan for those games, knowing that the games are coming thick and fast? Uh, and like you say, these are players who work full time jobs as well. How do you how do you plan for games like that? It's difficult. I mean, you just take one game at a time. I mean, I've seen the videos of Harrogate um, broke the game down, and um, they're a solid four four two, if you like, but with a split striker who drops in, and they they, they look four two three one with the two wingers. Um, don't seem to concede. Well, they don't concede much. They haven't conceded so far, and uh, but don't score much from open play. They're very much a set play team. The four goals against Nuneaton were all um, set plays, two corners, a free kick, and a penalty. So, the team knows how to to hurt you with set play. So, a lot of work done on that tonight. Um, Salford were like that last year as well. Big, lots of big players, lots of crosses whipped in, uh, but Salford. Um, the game seemed to have been playing with three centre-backs, so they, they'll have changed tactically. Um, it's no surprise to see them perhaps opening day like ourselves, kind of adjusting. Uh, but then they've gone to Chorley and matched up with Chorley and beaten them 1-0. So uh, a very tight, tough game against both opposition and um, there won't be much in it. Um, when we played um, Harrogate last year and, and Salford, we, we did very well, um, you know, getting more than enough out of them games and winning the draw against both opponents, which was a good... good um, a good result for us, really. Um, I think Harrogate and Salford now are both full-time, um, spent well, invested well, um, and I think they'll be two extremely tough games for us. Um, but we have to put Salford to one side to Tuesday night and just concentrate on maximising what we want to do at home, which is to play some good football, keep clean sheets and turn Edgley into a fortress again. One thing I do want to bring up, and I've been looking forward to speaking to you about this, a lot of fans very happy to see Gary Stotforth back in the main stand the other night. We understand he's uh, agreed to join. It's just international clearance, I think. How happy are you to have Gary back in the camp? Well, Gary's one that we've, we've been talking about for a while, and um, it, it could have been an option for us earlier. Um, but I was very pleased with what we had in terms of our midfielder, you know, Jimmy Ball, um, Started pre-season extremely well. We had um, Harry Winter, Sam Walker, a natural balance left and right, and then Matty Warburton in front. But I felt that um, w where we lack uh, is a little bit more options in the 10 and the 2-9 roles. Um, and therefore, we looked at what if Matty Warburton or Jimmy Ball have to be used in them roles, then, you know, the 9 roles, then uh, we might need another body in midfield to, to, to fill out. And Harry Winter's done extremely well, but we needed somebody a bit more physical presence and a bit more, um, you know, if you like, experience at this level to be able to slot back into midfield. And um, again, it creates that competition across that line of midfield, which means that we know that the two, three or four midfielders we play will be good and those that are waiting on the bench will be equally as good. So, um, nice problems for us. Um, we feel like we've got a good complement of defenders and now got a good complement of midfielders. Um, we just now need to be looking at maybe one more player to strengthen the options up front, especially if um, you know we're insecure or feeling secure. So we're building contingencies if we were to lose any of um, Darren or Jason. Just on on Gary for a moment, and I do want to come to the attack force uh, as we move forward. But just on on Gary, does it make signing Gary last season 
an even smarter move, if you like, knowing that he's come back now. Because when we signed Gary last season, it was very much in the knowledge of, well, we've only got him so long and then he's off to Australia. But in doing that, we built a relationship with him. You know, he's obviously got this connection now with the club. He was received very warmly. He's gone away. He's done what he's had to do. He's come back and he can come straight into an atmosphere where he'll bed straight in. We know he knows the club. We know he knows the fans. And ultimately, we know he knows the management. Does that make it a bit of a clever move last year, knowing that we can do this now? Uh, well, we never thought that when we signed him next year that he'd only be gone to Australia for six months. Um, um, these things happen. I mean, Carl Ledsham left us uh, before the end of the season and was back a lot sooner. Um, I think in Gary's particular case, it was something he wanted to do before a certain age uh, to allow himself that opportunity to travel um, and play abroad. Um, I think it's... You know, he's, he enjoyed the football, but he said it wasn't a standard that he felt really got the best out of himself. Um, missed being away, and while he was away, obviously his, um, his stepfather passed away, so his mum was on her own. And I think there was a lot of reasons for him to come back. Um, we've kept in touch throughout the summer. Um, I explained to him that we've, we're healthy in midfield at the moment. Uh, he'd have to come back and fight for a position, and, um, but he was willing to do that. And um, like I said, it just gives us that little bit of more security and, and confidence that that we've got a player that we know very, very well from last season. The fans know very well. Um, we know what his strengths are and um, I think he'll be a good asset to us because at the moment we've got some really good footballers and what we need to do is um, is have those players that balance that out with the, the grit, the determination, the hard work to win it and give it to them. Let's move forward up the pitch. Jason Oswell is a guy I'm looking forward to speaking to you about. I've, I've said in the, in the podcast there last week that he was the guy to watch for me. Uh, really excited about him. He's a number nine that's very different to the number nines we've had in the last season or two. Uh, he's a, we've seen him shoot on sight sometimes. We've seen him with the classy finish. We've seen him hustle and bustle in the box. How happy are you with the start Jason Oswell's put down on the pitch? Well, it's not just a start. Um, you know, since the first time I seen him in training in pre-season, I thought he, he's got he's got all the attributes. Um, I'm really pleased that um, you know sometimes uh, in the past to be known as a maverick uh, for doing things different, but I felt I had to go outside the, um, the conference north boundaries um, and look for somebody that had more to offer than the, perhaps the stale group of players that had been circular around in our level. Um, you only have to have a look at the highlights reel of Jason to realise that he's got a lot of attributes and goes from different angles, got you know physical presence in the box for, for crosses, but also quick feet. Um, I know what, what's gone on notice probably on, on Tuesday night was that it's his his assist. Um, he's come off the you know and turned and, and played a nice little ball to Harry Winter, so lads are rotating positions very well. So I know he's going to provide, like we asked our number nine to do last year, but but he's also got a finish. Um, and he brings people into play, great feet, turning balls around the corner. So I think he's got lots of attributes. And um, I've said consistently since day one of pre-season that we've got three players that I think will, will be the ones that stand out and, and potentially could play at a high level. And that's Jason, Matty Warburton and Jimmy Ball. When you keep an eye on these players and you, you've obviously got that in the back of your mind, does it make you want to get the most out of them as quickly as you can in case a player snaps up after a season? We saw obviously that happen with Danny Lloyd last year. Uh, do you think, oh, I really want to use these as much as we can now because come the end of the season, it's not going to be surprising if a big club comes in again? Well, there are conversations that we'll have with Matty and um, Jason. You know, Both of them have got um, good careers. Um, Jason's um, gone through the PFA scheme and become a physiotherapist um, and 
um, Nancy's a teacher, so they're not careers they're going to give up lightly for full-time football, but obviously if the opportunity came along, that, that would be something that they'd probably still harbour hopes of being able to do. Um, and, you know, we've seen it with Danny Lloyd, so it's never a, it's not like players get to a certain age and say, I'm never going to be a full-time footballer. Um, so the, the two players that all I want to do is just, I wanted to get them into the club because I felt that they were two players that I would enjoy working, would enjoy watching playing week in, week out, and um, I've not been disappointed in that regard. The two players that I feel um, that are very mature players and know what they're doing, but if, um, if I can add a little bit to their game, then there's no reason why they can't step to another level. Um, they both are on one-year deals, which are of them choosing. Um, I'm, I'm quite happy to sit down at some point and discuss what they want to do next season. Um, I'm sure that if they're enjoying the football here, they'll want to stay. But at this stage, really, it's all about them performing well for us now um, and making sure we have a successful season, they have a successful season. At the end of that, then, we'll, we'll know that we've um, we've all won. Let's move on to matters at hand then this weekend. How's the squad looking? Anything we need to know? Looking, you know, looking at players. Is Stephen O'Halloran is he a bit too soon for him, or is is he looking okay? Yeah, well, initially when it happened, when Steve had his injury, we it was um, you know, we tweaked his medial in the challenge, you know, where he's opened up his knee a little bit. Um, you know, I think we we got the, you know, he's doing some straight line running at the moment, so the pain's uh, subsided. But I think we're still in the in the stages of building up uh, confidence and strength in that knee. So. I wouldn't expect him to feature in the next two games, and we probably be, wouldn't risk him in the next one. So, but we'll just see how he progresses over the course of the week. Um, we are getting bumps and bruises, knocks and nicks in games. Um, you know, the last there was some wild challenges winning on Saturday, but on Tuesday night as well, when a team's losing three 0 they get a little bit anxious. And um, so, I was glad in a way to be able to get our front three off. Uh, during the game and to you know give some of the, uh, the younger lads or fringe players an opportunity but um, so we've got you know Darren and Jason have both got little knocks but they should be fine um, like I said um, but we do have to have contingencies for for, for players who will get knocks and injuries and um, but no I'm really pleased they've trained really well this week the lads um, I think it's definitely given them a, a, a good boost Tuesday's game and I think um you know, being at home on a Saturday afternoon against Harrogate or top of the league is going to be a nice game for our players to be involved in. Just finally, it's so early in the season. You mentioned the top of the league there, but a lot of people will say they don't read too much into league tables at this point. What do you do at the start of the season? Do you like to leave it 10 games or so before you start taking a measure on who the yardstick teams, who's running away, who's struggling? Or do you just take one game at a time and, and assess them as they come? Well, I think statistically you, you, you're, you're always going to find it difficult against perhaps the top six, seven or eight favourite teams. So if you're a team that, for example, had uh, a Salford, a Darlington, um, a Kidderminster and a Chorley all in the first four games, then you're not going to judge yourselves on that. And the same way if you had um, a team who's performing as, as poorly as Ferriby at the moment as one of your two, two of your games, then um, it's, it's very hard to judge it at this stage that you could have a, a good run of games against weaker teams and a tough run against harder sides, but I think um, you know, it, you know, it's not far off shaping up. Uh, there's no major disappointments. People would be probably surprised that Salford have only got one win, but um, I think it's where you expect it to be. And I think as each week goes by, the pack will shuffle itself into where you expect it to be. Um, last season there was probably a couple of teams that underperformed based upon the previous year, like Boston and Nuneaton. But he had lots of changes in personnel, um, so no, we we still expect 
six full-time sides to be up there. We also expect the likes of Brackley, Darlington, uh, Chorley, Spennymore, really healthy part-time sides to be up there. So extremely competitive league. Um, like I said, we'd, we haven't really got a measure of the likes of uh, Live Spartans and, and other teams, but um, I think there's probably 12, 13, 14 teams that probably feel they've got a chance of getting into playoffs, especially with them being uh, made up of seven teams. So extremely interesting and competitive year ahead. Well, it carries on on Saturday, Jim. We wish you all the best. Thanks so much. The County Live podcast is brought to you in conjunction with HiViz.net. Specialists in printed and embroidered workwear, HiViz clothing and personal protection equipment. So, Chris, there's no beating about the bush here. That was not a great start to the season. Well, no, it wasn't a great start to the season after game one. Uh, you look at game one, it was a, a defeat on the road to Spennymore, a team that, you know, we sat back here last week and we said we should be beating Spennymore, really. Uh, you know, they're a team that have come up and we're one of the favourites for the league. We know it's going to be a tough game, but you sort of fancy yourself to go on the road and get a, get to get at least a, a point, but you, you fancy yourself for three points. And then to go down in the fashion that we did with a missed penalty and it was just a little bit of a deflating start to the season. But, you know, Stockport County do what we've seen so many times under Jim Gannon is they really find that resurgence now maybe it was down to the start of the season I don't know but the resurgence came in the second game rather than the second half but boy you know it came do you know uh, the, the players really linking up well was exactly what the fans had expected to see on the first day so to get a momentum boosting 3-0 win against a team who alright we should be beating Curzon Ashton and we should be beating any team really but they're a team that have come on form they've put four goals past North Ferriby you know the weekend before uh, and County have gone and turned them over I thought Curzon Ashton towards the end of it looked a little bit punch drunk and I think Jim Gannon would agree with me if he was sitting here now he was saying we, we could have got four or five and he was certainly playing for that towards the end of the game. So, Chris, I think I know the answer to this, but who was your pick of the bunch over the first two games? It was that man to watch. Jason Oswell, he just looks like he's dynamite up front. And I just think, given given the fact that we've craved a number nine for so long and the fans have been asking for certain kinds of players and certain goal scorers, they've got this guy who knows where the back of the net is, he knows where the players around him are. He's just got this self-belief and this self-confidence that he's he's the he's the man in charge. He's running this show, and it's now completely his number nine. Uh, his number nine shirt. I know we've mentioned a couple of times now the strikers from last season, and I, I kind of want to move on from them now because, in a way, it's a little bit disrespectful to Jason, who's come in and in two games he's making that shirt his own. Uh, you look at the players around him, Stevenson. A lot of people saying, "All right, it's obvious he's might he may not be the sharpest yet, but the the glimpses and the flashes that you've seen." not just any player can pull out he's like he's got these techniques that you've not seen many other players do they can sort of do kind of turns and sell defenders for a bag of chips going one way uh, and pull it back and, and be able to use both feet or to you know to, to beat a man if they need to and I think with, with him around Jason Oswell and of course Matty Warburton who's just got an engine in him it's like he, it's like every time he sits down he's wound up a little bit you know and he, he goes and off he runs and I think he had a little bit of a point to prove Matty Warburton after that penalty miss on Saturday uh, and he's popped an absolute screamer in from a free kick that's, that's almost that perfect picture, if you like. You know, the keeper completely out full stretch, not getting anything on it, just bending right at the keepers as much as a spectator as you or I were. You know, it just it sails into the back of the net. Yeah, I think he, he had a point to prove. He, he proved it. I think Jason Oswell led the line really, really well. And Darren Stevenson added yet more reason, more more belief into why Stockport County signed him in the first place. Great to see from those attacking front three. So no respite, uh, games come thick and fast at this stage of the season uh, at this level. 
So let's look ahead to the next game. Well, the next game, of course, we've got two games again because it's the beginning of the season. They come thick and fast in August, uh, you know, as they tend to at this level. We've got we've got Harrogate at home and then Salford away. Now, we'll speak about Salford away in a little while when we get back into, you know, the games on the road, so to speak. The Harrogate game, I think, could be an interesting one. This this is a team who last season, uh, there was a little bit made of them and are they going to be able to get into the playoffs? Are they going to be challenging for honours come the end of the season? It didn't quite happen for them, but they, they pressed for a good while. Uh, and they are a team who will have... Who, who will feel like they've strengthened. You know, they they will think that uh, the league is theirs, uh, maybe not theirs for the taking, but certainly theirs uh, to compete in. Uh, now, they've, they've had two wins uh, in the two starts. They actually sit at the top of the table. Uh, not that we can read too much into it at this stage, but they, they, they sit at the top of the table on, on merit. This is what a league table is. They've scored six goals and have not conceded any. Uh, they're the only team in the league not to have conceded which is uh, quite a stat and you're going to be happy if you're a Harrogate fan and uh, I just think you know if they can if they can take that momentum into the game uh, on Saturday against County then they're going to fancy their chances they're going to see County stuttered in the first game but smashed back in the second and it's, 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 it's going to make for quite a tie I'm, I'm really looking forward to it County of course have got to be mindful as you know, as any team does in this division at this, uh, this time of the season. But they've got to be mindful that, you know, they've got players who are susceptible to injury and the games are coming thick and fast, so we might not see maybe Darren Stevenson do a full game uh, against Harrogate. And does that nullify the goal threat in the last sort of 10 minutes of the game, 15 minutes of the game if he comes off early? Maybe not nullify it, but weaken it slightly if he's taken off or move things around. So do we have to go out and get goals early? And do Harrogate know that? And are they planning for that? You can analyse the game in so many ways, but I think ultimately it'll come down to two teams Teams who've got ambition, who felt they were, you know, that they underachieved slightly last year, and they, they're going to want more from this year. So that it, it, it just makes it one of those slobber knocker ties. Uh, you know, I, I love the term slobber knocker, and, and that potentially is what this game could be. The players will be finding the feet fitness wise because you can do all the preseason you want, but as soon as you get into match fitness mode, it's a little bit different. You know, all of a sudden you're not pulling out of tackles that maybe you did in preseason because you, you've got games to win, you've got points to bad. So both teams will be finding the feet. They'll be. No, knowing that the other one is a little bit of a rival in regards to where they want to be come the end of the season uh, and you know they've, they've both ultimately got to go and get three points ahead of both teams having tough tricky games on the Tuesday night because County of course away at Salford and Harrogate uh, I've got Chorley, uh, so it's it's just it's just thick and fast at the moment. The weekend makes for a really interesting game, and we'll we'll speak about Salford in a little while. But uh, you know, it's it's a big week for County so soon in the season. It's, it's only the second week, and it's a big one. So it's Ridgeway's Ways now, where we talk about County being on the road. This week, we're going all the way over to Salford. Yeah, Ridgeway's Way. <laughs> I, I like this. Um, County on the road on Tuesday. You know, we've gone from the furthest or one of the furthest games that we'll have to travel to one of the shortest in Salford, if not the shortest. You know, I'm, I'm not going to do the maths this week because it's, what, 20, 20 minute, half an hour drive, whatever. So it's it's not far, is the point. And Salford, listen, they're, they're, we know exactly what Salford offer. You know, they are a good team who are going to be looking to try and win the league this season. That's their ultimate objective. They, they've spent well, they've, they've spent really well, but they've kind of stuttered uh, in the start of the season, whereas they they beat Chorley at the you know at the weekend, uh, sorry the uh, midweek they they lost their opening game against Darlington, another team uh, who will be up there. You know we, we've already mentioned Harrogate and Chorley in the start of the program, and it's 
It's Salford now who are going to host County. And it's th- these are two teams that will be both competing for the top three. We've heard Jim Gannon say, if you finish above Salford, you're champions. I know that the Salford camp kept a good eye on Stockport County uh, and they are well aware of how well Stockport County have recruited. They're going to be um, keeping their eye on us just as much as we're keeping an eye on them, so to speak. So uh, it does make for quite an interesting tie. Uh, we know there's going to be fan banter, if that's what you want to call it, around the game. Uh, you know, a lot of fans, they like to pull obvious comparisons. You're singing about the Nevilles and the Giggses and you know so on and so forth and the Salford fans will sort of they'll rise to that you know and it'll just make the bit of that heated atmosphere that, that we love for in football you know as long as it stays within reason and uh, last season Salford another team who you know despite finishing where they did they ultimately didn't go up similarly to County they'll be a little bit disappointed of the way their season ended last year they're going to have a point to prove so they're going to assess what happens at the weekend they're going to watch what happens at County <laughs> the weekend uh, and again it just it just makes for this fantastic sort of early season everybody up for it everyone's sort of ready to go and it's a big game to look forward to so soon in the season because either one of these teams could have a disaster of a season fall off a cliff or a promotion chasing runaway train season you know it wouldn't surprise you you'd hope it wouldn't happen but we've seen these things happen in football before they've got a tricky test uh, away at Salford uh, away at Telford this weekend which you know is one of the games where you look at it and on paper they should be winning it now County had that very fixture, uh, albeit uh, the reverse, at the, the end of last season, when we sort of had that difficult few game pack, came through it and said, right, we've got the easy running now. And Telford were maybe the team that tripped up County's promotion aspirations, if you like. You know, they really sort of held County back and didn't let them play football, and it ultimately cost the Hatters. Now, we'd be hoping that maybe they can do something like that for Salford this season. It's just too early to tell what kind of ramifications each result has on every game but we know that there's certain ties you know you look in the Premier League and you think doesn't matter when it happens in the in the season but United Liverpool or you know United Arsenal or City Chelsea or whatever is, is going to be a big game different scale right? smaller scale maybe in terms of uh, league positioning and in terms of money injected into the squad but this this is that kind of tie for the Conference North both teams are going to be slugging it out at the top if everything goes to plan, which it rarely does in football. But if it does, both teams are going to be slugging it out at the top of the table. And, um, you know, who who takes three points here? Who knows how important that three points could be come the end of the season? But look, we've got to get past Harrogate first. So let's let's keep a focus on that. Uh, and then we'll take the short car ride up, uh, up to Salford and, uh, <laughs> and we'll take it there and see what happens. Yes, so it's time uh, for the for the kick up challenge. Uh, I set the set the pace for the season with a hundred and eight the other week, which I was really happy with my all time record. <laughs> uh, and I, I was actually speaking to Gary Stopford, re-signed for for Stockport County, subject to international clearance. We at the uh, midweek game at home to Curzon Ashton bumped into Gary, and I was telling him, and he was telling me how he's going to knock my 108 out of the park, and he'll do it easy. Which I can, I kind of assured him he won't. <laughs> uh, and he, he rose to the challenge in true Gary Stopford fashion. So we're going to get him down in the next couple of weeks or the next few weeks uh, to see if he can. I can assure you, if he starts getting to sort of 95, 96, he's going to be getting a little nudge because I can't. Gary beating me but first up we invited manager Jim Gannon <laughs> to try to try and beat my score I did feel a little intimidated going up in a keepy uppy challenge against one of my childhood heroes hey no needs must this had to be done uh, so the gaffer had a go at beating my score so it's the Jim Gannon kick up <laughs> challenge this is your one and only attempt I'm going to move this chair out the way to give you a little bit of space I'll let you be the, the guarder of the go corridor three four five Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 
<laughs> I took a, a straight ball to the midriff. <laughs> and that's why I was never signed up. It's a strong finish. It's a strong finish there. You got it to double figures, which was good. Yeah. Do you want another go? Go on, we'll give you, we'll give you another go. I'm going to stand behind a safe barrier. Three, four, five, six, and ten. 50, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 23, 30, 40, 49, 49, we'll give him 50, we'll say 50, Jim Cannon, well played, well done, <laughs> take, take a breather, yeah the gaffer, uh, not able to do it in the end. He gave a good account for himself. He did actually, he did manage to kick the ball <laughs> at me during, <laughs> during that. You might have heard the big bang, which was the microphone uh, being dropped as the uh, as the ball came hurtling at me. And I was, you know, I was about as reactive as a sort of uh, an old dog. <laughs> sort of just let the ball hit me. But um, no, uh, unfortunately, Jim Cannon is the first person to fall, uh, you know, fall before... Uh, the 108 score set, but you know we've got some of the current players to bring in. We're going to hear uh, Mike Flynn have a go in the in the coming weeks as well, and see who can who can try and beat that 108 score that I've set. And we, we might work out some kind of prize as well for the end of the season for the player or staff uh, member who manages to beat the score, if there is one, of course. Because like I say, I might get a little bit of a devious side out, and if I if I think a player might start getting a bit close to it, uh, I might maybe knock them out the knock them off balance a little bit. But Jim Gannon, unfortunately, this week unable to beat the kick up challenge, which means I sit top of the leaderboard at 108. The County Live podcast is brought to you in conjunction with HiViz.net. Specialists in printed and embroidered workwear, high-vis clothing and personal protection equipment. We'll see you next time on the County Live podcast.